This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome once again to Vet Candy's podcast in other news, a podcast to expand your idea of what is impacting the veterinary world, veterinarians, and all animal care professionals as humans. We are your co-hosts, Dr. Jen and Dr. Jason Chatfield. If you are not yet a Vet Candy Why subscriber, not? Why not? Please subscribe for free today at myvetcandy.com. You can also reach us at jen at myvetcandy.com or jason at myvetcandy.com. Our topic today is THC, CBD, and pets. So in other news, you're telling me we're talking about pot for pets. We are. We are. And I don't know about you, uh, Jason, but um, I get at least two spam emails a day like advertising CBD for your dog or CBD for your cat or your grandma or your mother-in-law or you. Seeing as how I'm much more popular and much more in tune with the world, I get at least 10 spam emails today talking about the same thing. So let's just be very clear about that. I get more emails about it than you do. Okay, of course. And now, um, but here's the real question, Jason. Do you know anything about CBD in pets, in plants, in humans? You always try to make me sound like I don't know what's going on. I'm getting pretty tired of it. Let me tell you, I have a bit of experience with this as it pertains to actual veterinary medicine type stuff. Okay, we'll get to that later. We'll get to it later. I'm glad you clarified that because other experience, this is not that kind of show. I had to clarify it. Yeah, yeah. You may know something. I know almost nothing. And so uh, here at In Other News, we do like to bring you experts. And so joining us today and waiting ever so patiently for each of us to get done on the mic is Dr. Joe Wachschlag, who is currently at Cornell University. And he is the man when it comes to talking about CBD in pets. So welcome, Dr. Wachschlag, to In Other News. Thank you much. Appreciate it. Yeah. So this is an incredible topic. As I said, we're all getting email advertisements. Gosh, if you Google it, you know, a ton of ads come up. If you go into, I think, you know, the gas station, you, you can find CBD products. Yeah, this is going to be great because I, I know a little bit only the fact that I couldn't use it when I needed to. Uh, and that was seven years ago. This is going to be great. We're going to get a lot of information about what is happening in this industry. It is an up and coming industry, both for humans and for pets. So I'm, I, for one, am excited about this. So so lay it on us, man. Lay it on us. What's happening in this world? Well, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of folks are inquisitive and want to know a little bit more because we're getting all these emails. I mean, there was a really nice Frontiers article that sort of came out asking vets how comfortable they really were with the idea of using uh, hemp-based products in veterinary medicine. And and the, the real consensus is we, we don't really know enough about how to use it. We don't know what products to use. We, we really just don't have a good grasp on it. And strangely enough, it was the uh, the boomers that tended to be more comfortable than the new grads. What? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Flashback to the 60s. Who knows? Oh, my God. Uh, but uh, in the end, uh, it's... Um, you know, just a, a growing topic because there's a tremendous amount of misinformation out there regarding its use and who can and, and will use it really. 
it's kind of up to, to the veterinarian in general. The now, FDA it, has, and I'll, you know, just sort of a, the long track record is that uh, 2014, there was a hemp bill that really passed. It was in conjunction with the farm bill that allowed states to sort of start growing hemp. Um, a lot of them had pilot projects that were going on with academic institutions. And that was because the federal government basically said that it was legal to grow hemp. And, and that's not marijuana. marijuana. Okay, I was going to oh, ask oh, you because... First question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you've already, you used all these words and, you know, we say pot because it makes, it makes us sound cooler. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> how many of them can we say on a single podcast? <laughs> um, but you immediately said hemp. Yes. Okay, uh, so what's the oh. difference, hemp, CBD, pot, weed, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So, and I guess all reality as uh, the hemp industry has been around for years until it was uh, made in essence illegal to grow anything that was related to cannabis and it was used as textiles, paper, rope, etc. Then in the 70s, it was made a, in essence illegal to grow any kind of cannabis. And so cannabis has, of course, evolved over the years and, mm -hmm. and primarily been used for recreational use. And in, in a number of states now, recreational use of cannabis, which is I'm going to call cannabis marijuana, has been sort of, uh, you know, we'll say demonized to a, a great degree. Mm -hmm. But I think we've all learned that it has some medicinal uses, and I think it's been used in human medicine now in a lot of the states uh, where we're using it recreationally and medicinally. Hemp is really sort of, a, it's the same plant, but it's just been bred differently, just like, uh, you know, breeding the pea plants from the Mendelian days. We got wrinkles out of peas, right? Yeah. So we've gotten THC out of marijuana, and we call it industrial hemp now, and that's really grown primarily for other purposes. But what we've realized is that uh, it has another molecule called CBD rather than THC. Oh, ah. wow. It's too much stuff, man. Too many, too many confusing things. It's way more than just pot. Way more than just pot. Absolutely. It's scientific. This is good stuff. So then here's my question, because another thing that I've heard, you know, word on the street is that the cannabis that's grown now and i'm going to say like the illicit stuff that's grown that, that people are using either quasi legally or illegally you know smoking it or whatever is much more potent or concentrated i guess than the product was back in the 70s is that right or well i mean depending on your growing conditions you can increase the thc synthase activity in plants and um you know if we're talking about cannabinoids let's not just talk about thc and cbd there's about 80 different cannabinoids in the plant Wow. And what's really happened is that we've sort of kind of gone in two divergent pathways. One is uh, plants that make uh, more CBD, and then other plants make more THC. And so that's really the major divide between the plants at this point. And then, you know, if we, we talk about, you know, CBD and THC, they both used to be considered illegal. The DEA said that they were both the same molecule. Right. Over time, it's been realized that uh, CBD has no psychotropic effects. And so it, in essence, has come off the DEA class one list as of, um, I guess it was November or December of 2018. Okay. That's a huge piece of information for veterinarians listening in. So CBD is no longer class one by the DEA. Correct. Yeah. So. Wow. The seizure medication for children is actually a CBD. It's a pure CBD extract that's being used to help kids with seizure control. 
um, and a couple of different uh, syndromes that are prone to refractory seizure control. So that's been used and the DEA in essence had to sort of take it off that list because uh, we're now prescribing it to to kids. That kind of looks bad. Yeah. Backwards, right? Doesn't that seem backwards? Like, let's subscribe. You didn't take it off the list. I don't know. Yeah. It's a little backwards. It is a little backwards. Not that the government ever does anything backwards ever. Never. Backtracking. Well, that's, that's, why, that's why we're in such a quagmire right now yeah. is the fact that the, you know, the DEA has declassified it. So they basically just sort of handed this over to the FDA and said, you guys figure this out. Mm. So, so then my next question is, because we get all these emails and clients, right? So clients come in. I have a friend who's got a practice. It's a pretty busy practice and almost once a day. So not quite once a day, but almost she'll have a pet owner ask her about CBD products in pets, you know, and I guess, I, I mean, she asked me and I said, what am I a pillar of knowledge? I have no idea. And so well, like, what's the status of that? Yeah, well, well, the status, <laughs> the status is that we're in a, a very, very gray zone until the FDA can come up with any true regulations about the, not only the production and the testing of hemp, they also have to come up with some sort of, some sort of guidelines for the use. They right now say, well, you know, we prefer you not use it. That's their quote unquote statement on the website. However, there's very little to, in essence, to say that you can't use it uh-huh. on you. They can't, you know, take your license away at this juncture. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's going to be a lot coming down the pike regarding um, hemp, you know, use. The problem is it's a botanical, and so the botanicals kind of fall into this hazy area. Tomorrow you can go down and pick up Boswellia serrata, mm-hmm. which is used for arthritis in dogs and cats. It's also been used in humans. It's been shown to have chemicals in there, AKBA, uh, mm-hmm. that actually have anti-inflammatory activities, a useful supplement. Was that a pot pun that you made a while ago? Because we're in a hazy area. Hazy, yes, right. <laughs> hazy, dazed, and confused. One of the two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I think I think we're you know a lot. We're going to learn a lot in the next next year about what the FDA says about the use of these CBD products in general. The problem is that right now a lot of this FDA jargon and. Um, say conjecture falls under something called the Dietary Supplement and Health Education Act from way back when that pretty much says that if you don't label something as it mitigates disease or cures a disease, you can market the botanical so long as you have some some data suggest it's safe. So that's why we can go buy St. John's wort and go below the name it, right? And it doesn't say anything on the bottle about, you know, helping you with memory or mm-hmm. thing of that nature. So hemp kind of falls in that category right now because federally it's been labeled as as long as you're below 0.3% THC, that hemp can be grown in essence distributed and, and you know taken across your state borders. The problem is that the states all have different opinions now as to what they're going to be doing with mm-hmm. hemp. And so, so I guess, go ahead, Jason. I guess, I guess, I guess veterans' biggest question is what should they answer? Like, it's a lot of stuff and a lot of information, but what as a veterinarian? A client, absolutely, with the internet and all this stuff, and they've, they've probably been using the stuff themselves, and they want to help their dogs out and cats and everything else. What should a veterinarian say when they have an old they have an old cat and maybe it's gone through some cancer treatment? Hey, man, can I give this? I heard about this. What what can I do for my cat? What can a veterinarian safely safely say? And if they really want to help the pet, what, what are your suggestions about what they should do? 
Yeah, at this point, I think, yeah, as I was about to say, I think we all have different supplements on our shelves, right, yeah. that we tend to give out on a daily basis from, from a variety of different companies. And mm -hmm. I think uh, we have to just do our due diligence, much like we do with those, is, is you, you have to go and, and I think there are some problems, some things you might want to mark off the checklist. One is, you know, have you shown that your product is safe? Um, have you done any testing on dogs and cats to suggest that it's a safe product? If they can tell you yes, that checks a box. Okay. I think you can talk to those folks about, uh, have they done any quality control from batch to batch? What are the concentrations of yeah. major cannabinoids? And can they show you that data? Can they actually show you that it ha doesn't have heavy metals? Because actually, the plant is actually quite good at actually scavenging heavy metals from from the ground. It's actually kind of a soil purifier. Wow. So want to make sure the heavy metals are, are not above uh, where they're supposed to be in terms of lead, arsenic, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, I think so that's I can clear, I can clear say, thing. no, no mom and dad, I'm growing that in the backyard to purify our soil. Right. Make my soil better. Right. Yes. Growing it. Growing it at all the super fun sites right now. So. Right. We, they should just totally plant them all with hemp. Hemp farm. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, it's an interesting plant from that perspective, too. And I think then, you know, lastly, you should talk about pesticides or where are you growing this? Is this does this have pesticide residues? So I think you have to talk to the companies about checking some of those boxes because um, yeah. I was at the Pet Expo this past April and it was pretty amazing to see about 70 different companies with yes. <laughs> too much, too oh, many. Yeah. Well, and, and so, so those actually sound like the same questions that I would want to answer before I either give it to my own pet or before I prescribe it for your pet. Yeah. Is it safe? Is it efficacious? And then my next question is always, how much do I give? And and what am I giving it for? You know, Jason mentioned the old cat, maybe with some arthritis. I know he had a special case um, he referenced seven years ago. Do you want to, like, you want to tell him about yeah, that case? Yeah, that's a really cool case. We actually had uh, an orangutan treated for lymphoma. And, you know, it never, it never with human medicine, with the human version of some of the treatments with our chop or whatever. In any case, we asked the orangutan every day, hey, are you nauseous? Hey, how are you feeling? She, of course, didn't, didn't answer us. And at that point... <laughs> Some of our keepers, right? They're like, "Hey, what about some marijuana, some THC? It's all all the humans are doing it. Why not do that?" So we looked into it, and at that point, you know, it was actually illegal. This was a while back, you know, ages ago in terms it was of like medicine. six or seven years ago, I think. So it was actually we looked into it. They said, "Yes, we have it. We can produce it. You cannot get it in the state of Florida," right. and so we kind of stopped doing that. And so I just don't. I guess you have to check with the individual states, but that would have been an interesting usage, I think, in the deal. So. Yeah, I think it's pretty amazing that we actually do have, there are actually approved drugs out there, uh, you know, Marinol, uh, I think it's Sativex, which are actually THC synthetically derived for, for these types of things. Right. As veterinarians, we've been doing off-label use for Forever! Right? Uh, Every day. For some, oh. reason, for some reason, we're, we're not supposed to go down this road. I, I, don't, I don't exactly understand. But, you know, it's the taboo. Yeah, well, I think it was a distributor had some issues. I, I don't really know. It's been a long time. I'm, I'm old. I can't remember that far back. But I do know. I do know that we tried to give the orangutan marijuana. I thought that was really cool. And it's, it's mm -hmm. even better that it might have actually been helpful. Heaven forbid <laughs> it, it, it purifies the soil. We could have done all kinds of good stuff back in the day. Right. Yeah. And you would have directed her to inhale, wouldn't you, Jason? Right. Isn't that right? Yeah. Absolutely, hundred percent. I know. 
Now, we're, and we're making fun of that, but Dr. Walks like, I know, I do that a little to get under your skin because it's fun for nerds like us to talk about something like pot. But really, the, the thing that I'm seeing included in everything is CBD. We're not looking for that THC psychoactive, psychotropic. Yeah, thank yes. you for the big doctor word. Otherwise and so, high. Yeah. High. Yes. Yeah, we don't want that. Much easier, right? Yes. And so is there anything that's kind of, uh, that's been demonstrated that CBD is effective for either in humans or pets? Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's the reason I'm on the show is because, you know, we actually did a, have, do a study about almost two and a half years, three years ago now, before the you know, FDA kind of got there, got, got a hold of this issue. And um, as we uh, did that study, we found that, you know, first off, that there were data out there before that said that it wasn't particularly absorbable, but we found, as well as uh, a group in, in uh, Colorado State found, that it's it's fairly well absorbed. It's not great, but it is absorbed to, a, a we'll say, a pharmacologic level at uh -huh. somewhere between 2 and 10 mg per kg body weight. And we used it at 2 mg per kg body weight of CBD from the mm -hmm. product. And we did find a positive effect on, on um, pain in older dogs who had multi-joint arthritis. So, wow. Um, That's great. Was, is there any difference whether you gave it to them with food or on an empty stomach? Was there a difference? Because I'm thinking of munchies, you know. I mean, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I think that's where we, we kind of made the difference compared to some of the, uh, the well, really the one older study out there is that we didn't give it as a powdered form in a capsule. We gave it as an oil with food. And I think that's an important part of this is that it will be something that you give with the food on a daily basis. Um, uh -huh. We gave it twice a day in that study. And I think there are others that are doing work. Uh, Dr. McGrath just finished a neurologic study looking at roughly the same dose, about two and a half mgs per kg, and showed that dogs that had a slightly, well, that there was the serum concentrations in those dogs was somewhat variable across the board, but the ones that had higher serum concentrations responded better as far as seizure control. Um, you know, they had about a 20, 25% reduction in seizures. Is that clinically significant? It was a small cohort, just like our arthritis study, but we're going in a positive direction in both mm -hmm. of those studies suggest that we may just need to fine-tune some things mm -hmm. to really have what we'll call an effective treatment. And did you find any adverse responses in your your study that you did? Uh, I think the universal thing, just like any um, anything that we're giving as a, as a, we'll say, a pharmacologic agent, we did find some rises in the alkaline phosphatase in um, their serum chemistry work. Uh, nothing that That's we... the liver for our non-medical listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, so okay. the liver enzymes, uh, the one that's probably the, the one that we ignore most, uh, did go up a little bit. And the ones that we tend to pay more attention to, like ALT, did not go up. So um, I think there's, uh, there's definitely reason to be a little bit judicious about using it and to follow up on your, your, with your patients, do blood work. Mm -hmm. So I think that's interesting because when I have an older pet that I want to provide some sort of osteoarthritic pain relief for, you know, we got some bad hips or, I mean, when a dog gets to be 12 years old, they're just going to have some arthritis. Like you're, it's a safe bet somewhere. Mm -hmm. And any, almost anything that I give on label, like Medicam or Remedil or something like this, any non-steroidal, I worry about the liver enzymes anyway. Yeah, that's just what, Perfect. that's pretty routine. So yeah. it doesn't sound like this presents a larger threat as far as we know. 
Okay, um, okay, hold on. So, so I've worked in emergency medicine as well. And so, what, if it doesn't have any adverse effects, I'm, and, and I'm just gonna play devil's advocate here, what about all these dogs that come in all kinds of crazy? And you know, these people come in, you know, <laughs> with some psychotropic effects themselves. You can smell it, all right. And the dog is coming in, you know, you know exactly what happened with the dog. Got a hold of, uh, shall the we say, stash. the brownie stash situation. <laughs> so, do we need to worry about those? We just, hey, good for you. You treated yourself, or, or what should we do with that? I know everyone's seen this. I'm sure it's like a common. Yeah, what's the difference? Oh, What's the difference? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the difference is, is that, you know, we've had a, a couple of, and I'm, I've been working with um, a company called Elevet and sort of looked through their adverse, uh, you know, their adverse events sort of records. And it's usually the Labrador getting into, you know, <laughs> two bags. Why, you, why you got to put on a Labrador, man? That's not yeah. nice. And I'm calling, well, calling. it's not the border collie, okay? Yeah, could be, could be. And uh, yeah, they really showed no effects. Maybe a little diarrhea from eating, yeah. you know, all the oil, or you know, a little sleepier that day. Yeah, yeah. a little more relaxed. Yeah, you know, it's not. It's not exactly like you know. They've had some good studies that have come out of Colorado State ever yeah. since they've uh, legalized, and they yeah. shown you know the the incidence has has gone way up in terms of of uh, THC intoxication cases, of course. And mm-hmm. and what actually seemed to be most detrimental in those was actually the ones that ate butter, the THC laced butter, and oh those were the ones that actually a couple dogs did pass away. And, oh, and yeah. So you're saying it's probably more to do with the the other problems, not necessarily the THC, but you know a lot of it is chocolate. Or let's be honest, they get the brownies yeah. or whatever. A lot of it's the, those kind of problems, but not necessarily the yeah. THC or, or, or CBD. Okay, well that's it. Dog eats your dime bag, then yeah. probably not such a big deal. I just gotta yeah. sleep it all. Yeah, I don't know that slang. I don't. I don't. I don't live in that world. So I'm, so I'm assuming everybody else can understand. Yeah. I have no idea. Okay. Right. <laughs> so. Well, I think also, isn't it different because that, like, if they eat something like that, then that has all those components in it. It's not just CBD. It's got the THC. Mm-hmm. It has other stuff in it. Yeah, I mean, it's high THC. Is that yeah. the problem? And yeah. So, yeah, that's the issue. There's actually a really nice study looking at rats versus dogs at, at low and high level THC consumption long term. Dogs are actually more resistant to the convulsive effects of high THC than mm-hmm. rats so the metabolism is different, and I think mm-hmm. that's where the cat comes in, is that we just don't know a lot about the cat. And Period. You could just stop fun. right there. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, you know, I'm a, a little more cautious when I start talking about it with cats, because cats always do something wacky compared to dogs. So. Yes, cats are not small dogs, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that that's what we all grow up as veterinarians knowing, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so we will be really clear here for everyone that's listening that THC is still not a good plan for pets. You still want to treat those pets that come in on emergency because they've eaten some sort of maybe whole marijuana cannabis plant not necessarily those are going to have a different response than if we give them a CBD product that has been tested for purity and looks for heavy metals and is just the CBD oil in it not the all the other compounds that come along if they eat a marijuana stash so to speak we want we want to be clear on that like people mm-hmm. still you know go to your emergency vet if that happens at home but, yeah, but please don't medicate your dog with your stash that's what you're saying no, please dog has arthritis have some of this that's not good not a good yeah. situation yeah we just want to draw a hard line there folks line. <clears throat> yeah so um well that's pretty incredible so wow so it sounds like we're really on the like the precipice of of a frontier yeah but, i mean i i mean I, it's 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 going to be an interesting uh, uh landscape to navigate in the next year or two uh, but I think there's a, there are definitely ways forward. I mean, 
hemp uh, hemp use in Europe has been pretty well established uh, since you know they have, they have guidelines since 2011 on how to use it in livestock and fish feeds and all kinds of things. The Canadian government wow. is well well ahead of us. I think we just have to kind of play a little catch up here. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize they were using it in livestock. What are the, what are the implications for food animal? I didn't even think about that. Oh yeah, well, I mean that's always the thing is that uh, you know residues in in milk and meat, of course, would be a concern. Mm-hmm. But they actually have guidelines of the percentage of hemp uh, that can be used in feed, and hemp seed is primarily the big thing. Yeah, and you all can go down, and we all have been able to go down to our local, you know, natural food store and pick up CBD oils or just hemp seed oils in general, because hemp seed has a, a great, we'll say, omega three property to it uh-huh. in terms of what it has in it. And so people have been using that for a long time, and the byproduct of that is called hemp seed cake, and it's a wonderful source of protein and a little bit of fat being used yeah. in poultry. Oh, and, sounds great. Yeah. Well, um, cake. I yeah. know. So, <laughs> so on that note, listeners, we're going to take a, a quick break, and I'd like everyone to ponder hemp seed cake. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. That candy makes your life easier with scientific news, clinical updates, and expert lifestyle tips. Sign up for free at MyFatCandy.com and start making your life sweeter. Has your pet ever suffered from digestive issues, anxiety, or joint pain? We want to address these issues and more with high-grade CBD oil from Alpha, made specifically for your furry friends. Using Alaskan salmon oil as a carrier, Alpha Pet's 500 CBD oil is lab-tested for quality, consistency, and safety. Plus, we are giving Pet Life Radio listeners 25% off and free shipping with code PL25 for a limited time. So visit myalphacbd.com dogs now. That's myalphacbd.com forward slash dogs. Because your furry friends are family. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, and welcome back where we are talking with Dr. Joe Walkschlag about everything CBD and hemp related for pets. Sometimes a little for people, and so so we've kind of talked. We talked about the safety and the efficacy that you guys are looking to establish, and certainly the studies have had small groups, small cohorts, as you mentioned. But at least there is some data available. So my next real question: If I were going to, you know, kind of add a CBD oil product to my pharmacy, would be what are the indications? What am I going to use this for? Because I got to tell you. You could probably find someone that says CBD oil will fix everything from unwanted moles to dandruff to to vomiting to everything. Almost as good as Windex. What do you think, Doc? Yeah, exactly. Spray some Windex on it. Um, (laughs) I think think the the reality is is maybe we've learned a little bit. Colorado State did a nice little study of asking folks who were coming in what they were using it for in their pets and what they thought was successful. Um, It appears as if pain is probably the number one. Of course, oncology, quality of life, 
was another for cancer and cancer-related side effects in terms of chemotherapy. And then uh, anxiety seems to be uh, number three on the list in general. So those are those are really the the big ones at at this point. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's uh, some indication that it can be used as sort of an anti-inflammatory. There there's Mm -hmm. a lot of conjecture, and there's actually a pretty nice paper out showing that some of the receptors for the cannabinoid system are highly upregulated and. uh, atopic dogs. So, oh, that's a biggie. There. Yeah, that's <laughs> a big one. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. It'll be interesting I, to see what happens. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't know that, but that's a huge problem. So that's uh, interesting that we can we might be able to use it for that. So cool. And so I, I have one more thing that I want to ask you about, and uh, and listeners, I'm cheating just a little bit because I've heard um, Dr. Wagschlag's lecture on this and i am incredibly intrigued by the terpenes that you have mentioned before so can you share a little bit about those yeah this this is where the the complexity of the plant as a whole is is a little bit different than isolating just a single compound like cbd or the thc and 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 the the interesting part is that when there have been a few clinical studies about the quote-unquote entourage effect which is uh, really not about uh, rappers. This is yeah. about you know hemp, uh, and uh, the it's it's pretty interesting because it appears as if in some cases the clinical effects and the rodent models are better when you use the amount in essence of CBD that's in the plant, mm-hmm. and then you go and purify the CBD. You don't see quite the same clinical effect, such as like twenty one percent or thirty percent resolution of X Y Z. Versus uh-huh. 70% when you use the whole plant extract. Wow. So there may be other things, and I, a lot of people like to say it, it's either the, the terpenes, which are other small molecules that are flavonoid-like, which is just mm-hmm. cyclical molecules that uh, appear to have some effects uh, on the you know, inflammation potentially, as well as the, the other cannabinoids that might be in there too that may cause that. And so mm-hmm. um, we're doing some cell culture stuff with cancer now, and, and it seems as if the extract is a little bit better than the CBD alone. Wow. So, so yeah. are, you talking, are you talking actual, I'm going to get in a really scary zone here, so like cancer treatment, or are we still talking about cancer side effects of the treatment to kind of alleviate those those yeah i mean i it's more of a the proof of concept that we're not making cancer cells grow better right oh (laughs) the first part was (laughs) you don't give this so that the cancer grows better so that was the first part of it making sure it's not interacting with some of the chemotherapeutics so we've done some some stuff where we put it, you know, CBD in with chemotherapies to see how the cancer cells respond. Everything looks fairly positive at this point, but CBD itself as a molecule does actually kill cancer cells, but the concentration has to be really quite high. So uh, it's kind of, it would be hard to be achieve, uh, to achieve a physiologic concentration in the blood um, unless you're giving it IV or something like that. And so... Um, okay. I wouldn't say it's, it's a true cancer treatment, but it sure is. Yeah, but, but it sounds like there might be potential because you know someone's going to work on that because it's a, that's a very interesting plant we have talking about today. I had no idea it was so diverse and complex and, you know, especially purifies the soil. I mean, that's the best thing it does. It's fantastic. Yep, your high school buddies didn't tell you about this when you. Yeah, well, my high school buddies could tell me nothing about this at all. <laughs> high school probably. buddies, you're you're making a large presumption there that he okay. had high school just, buddies. Let's move on there. with life. We're talking <laughs> about <laughs> and and can, <laughs> cannabis here. Come so. on now, come on now. I was there. Okay, I know. <laughs> you know. That's right. So, um, well, this has been an incredibly informative 
discussion. And actually, I'm really hoping, Dr. Watchlag, that as you guys progress over the next year or so, that maybe you'd be willing to come back and um, give listeners an update about how things are working and what's going on. Because I do agree. I, I think this is just something that's that's just starting to really develop. And I think it's going to be the wild, wild west for, for pharmaceuticals for a bit with the, these compounds. Yeah. And, and the veterinarians are, I mean, they're going <laughs> to, the clients are going to have some information that they're going <laughs> to, they're going to want to know. It's a little bit different than some of the other stuff where it's all scientific. And, you know, they, some of them experiment with this kind of stuff. They want to yes. know how to help their pets. And so it's going to, they're going to want the information. They're going to expect us to know, you know, everything about it. Yeah. yeah no, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's uh, four clinical trials going on right now with the LA vet group uh-huh. and uh, hopefully we'll know a lot more than the year about indications where it can be used as well as new studies that are in essence being uh, worked on in terms yep. of things like cats and anxiety etc um, and, and uh, with an England counterpart uh, so there's there's a, a lot going on and I think that at this point because this declassification we can definitely have our conversations mm-hmm. to check with your state folks as to whether you want to carry it or just have those conversations and, and find an oil that you might want to recommend mm-hmm. in the higher situations where you're kind of last resort. I don't know what to do. Let's try this. So. Yeah. I, and I, I think that's probably a, a great way to kind of close out this, um, this discussion is that we do want to draw a hard line and say that if your pet gets into a marijuana stash, this is still an emergency. It's not like, oh, he just over-medicated himself with CBD because there's other compounds in that, whether it's for recreational use or illegal in your state, you need to have your the pet seen at the veterinarian. That's still not okay. However, there may be some appropriate use of appropriately produced CBD oil products to help pets you know, when it's indicated. And so talk with your veterinarian about that. So thank you so much, Dr. Waxlad. Jason, did you have another question? You look quizzical. No, I, I was astonished. I, again, I can't get over this plant. It's just, it's just got a lot. It's just really, really interesting plant. So, and I, but I do worry about, about, if we're, you know, we kind of made jokes about the human situation and, and the dog situation. I do, I do worry people are going to go, oh, it's fine now. And not just because everyone yeah. listens to, to this podcast. I mean, but it's just a, a natural behavior. So, so we have yeah. to get the word out there. Right. And so got to inform the veterinarians so they can inform the clients and you uh, we all know how that goes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we do here on In Other News, Dr. Watchlag. We inform the world. Yes. yes. That's <laughs> really informative. I like it. That's right. <laughs> so, thank you um, so much for joining us. And now, listeners, I know you guys have been waiting with bated breath to see who is going to get their email read on a podcast and get some vet candy swag so some free stuff some free stuff so um so i have an email here from francis in tennessee and she says she's been following vet candy for a while now thanks francis and so she's in uh emailing to participate in the vet candy challenge and she works in a diagnostic lab and she's always on the lookout for anything vet clean path related and so she would love to hear about the unsung heroes of the lab world we think that's a great idea too, Francis, because yep. they are unsung. They are unsung. I mean, how many times today, Dr. Watchlag, did you mention the lab rats? 
That's right. <laughs> That's right. Everybody relies on folks doing um, heroic work in the lab. So we're going to work to get that on in other news as well. And then she went on with, so, I mean, Francis just overloaded us with great ideas. Chickens, so the the rise of the urban chicken is something that we've all been watching the last few years. And if you didn't know beforehand, you should understand not to lick your chicken because salmonella is a big problem in backyard poultry. Um, Always good advice. Always good advice not to lick fill in the blank, right? Yeah. And then beekeeping, beekeeping. Ah. Yeah, again, we can move on to psychotropic discussions because if you feed honeybees on rhododendrons, their honey will be full of psychotropic compounds. That's right. It's a bad scene. So anyway, so beekeeping is also something we're interested in here, Francis. So we love your ideas. We love that you emailed us. And we are going to send you a Vet Candy Yoga Mat. So it's Christmas in August. Ah. All right. Once again, if you have anything, um, topics you want to suggest first, if you just want to sound off and say, hey, you can email me at jen at myvetcandy.com. Or more importantly, you can email me at jason at myvetcandy.com. That's right. We'd love to hear from you. And we will see you once again on In Other News. Thanks so much, Dr. Schlag, And we'll close it out. Sure thing. Take care. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.